Holly G with the Golf Insiders for this edition of For Your Game. It is called the longest 5,700 yards in Florida, and it is one of Florida's historic golf trail courses. This is one of my favorites when you're talking old school municipal golf. Uh, I just love it, and it's my pleasure to introduce Luke Covey, the general manager at Mount Dora Golf Club. Good morning, Luke. Good morning. Hey, listen, this course, okay, let me make it clear to my listeners, this is the downtown old Mount Dora Golf Club, not to be confused with the country club, which happens sometimes, which is out on 441. But this is as fun as it gets in terms of old school classic golf, Luke. And um, just tell my listeners a little bit about, you know, the history and how this golf course came about. Yeah. So, um, first of all, thanks for having me on. Um, And Boundora Golf Club is a course that was built in 1945 by a few GIs returning home from World War II. Uh, they had a mule, a plow, and a dream, and built the original nine holes. Gotta love it. Um, first ball was hit in 1946, and uh, I believe, I haven't gone through all the old newspaper, newspaper clippings yet, but the uh, full 18 was built not too long after the course was originally built. <laughs> Yeah, um, 1959 from my notes. Right. Yeah. And so since then, it's served as a staple of the community. It's gone through its ebbs and flows like every other golf course around here. Um, it used to be a membership-driven course with almost 400 members. Now it's more of a semi-private um, with most of our play coming from public players. Um, and we really – our wheelhouse is really your – average golfer, um, maybe beginner or older golfer that wants to go out and play a relaxed, fun round of golf. You're not going to lose a bunch of golf balls. Um, and, you know, it's a good place to have fun with friends at a pretty decent rate. Yeah, and don't be fooled by the 5,700 yards. Uh, what I love about this course, first of all, um, for those of us like myself that are from the Northeast, uh, this is one of the hillier golf courses you'll find in yes. this part of Florida. If you want to get your fill of side hill, uphill, downhill lies, there's plenty of, of challenge on this golf course. And the greens are small, so it'll sharpen up your short game in a heartbeat, Luke, right? Yes, that's the most important thing here. People see the 5,700 yards and come out and think they're going to be on every par four and one and shoot a good score. But uh, interestingly enough, in our annual competitive tournament, the Mount Dora Invitational, which has been going on for longer than I've been alive, um, our championship flight, the winner, was two over par after two days. So uh, you rarely ever see people going scratch or under, even though we're only 5,700 yards tipped out. You know, I moved to Mount Dora in the mid-90s. Oh, my goodness. I I remember when I first came there, uh, it was rumored that Donald Ross had designed the golf course. And, uh, you know, Donald got around quite a bit for uh, back in the day, but... I think probably that was because a, a lot of the course, you know, kind of mimics some of his design. And, you know, there's a lot of beautiful old 
uh, oak trees and, and pine trees in particular. I mean, you can you can be OB if you're not paying attention real quick. Oh, absolutely. And, you know, that's the character of the course. It's, a, it's one of those courses that doesn't have a lot of man-made structures out there. Really, there's only one hole you even see houses on and where they – you could potentially lose the ball in somebody's yard, and that's 18. The rest of the course, you're just there with the old trees. Um, you can see a couple of the bathrooms or structures that were made by those same guys that built the course in 1945. But other than that, it's all just a natural layout. It, it is. And uh, I love, um, you know, the, the, the front nine's got that uh, par five, is it? Number five that runs... The side hill. The side hill, yeah. Oh, my God. If, if you don't aim about 50 yards right, um, you're you're going to be lucky to be in the center of the fairway. Yeah, and having a hole like that, you know, it, it helps give the course character. It's something people like to talk about and they have fun with. Uh, and we also get to play a little bit with it in tournaments and, like, fun scrambles. One thing we like to do during scrambles is instead of a straight line close to the line in the middle of the fairway, we do a curvy line Love down it. that fairway. Love it. it's a side hill, it's, there's not really skill involved. You just hit your ball out there on the hill and hope it rolls down into one of the curves. Um, it's just some, one of the fun things we can do out there with the unique layout we have. Yeah, and then and then the ne- hole number six, you know, parallels it and goes up, a, you know, a big hill. So uh, make sure you take enough club as you, as you try to hit that green. And another thing that I, I love about this course is the par threes. You got some great, fun, challenging, and I would say don't be fooled. Take an extra club on those par threes. Yes, yes. well, especially number seventeen. That's my that's nemesis. One of the par threes Luke. you'll see out here. I think everybody would agree with you too. But it's also kind of one of our signature holes. Um, we actually planted some azaleas back behind the green in what used to be an old bunker. We weren't worried about it being a bunker because nobody's ever long at that green anyway. So That's we right. seen it. So we planted some azaleas back there that are going to look real nice. But, yeah, the part of the reason, especially when you have five of them, you want to make sure they're good. And so we work really hard to maintain those and kind of make sure that's, you know, what part of what's bringing people back. On a good day with some wind. I've had to tee up driver on that hole, Luke. Oh, no. It could be, you know, it could be two clubs uh, just in the distance going uphill. But I, I love it. <clears throat> Such a, a great, great layout. And on the back nine, similarly, you've got a, a wonderful downhill uh, par five, number twelve, I believe, with the pond on the right, and you got OB on the left. Right, yeah, right on Roby Road. Well, actually, that's actually a par four. It's our longest of our par fours, um, and easily the most difficult because the tee shot really doesn't set up to an easy shot to the green, especially with that water on the right. And there's not much room to play with on the left. So your approach is going in green or bust basically. Yep. Um, so it puts a lot of pressure on a lot of these golfers on their second shot, especially being a par four. Yeah, it does. Um, and, and what's fun, too, is this is a golf course you can walk. Uh, you know, you mentioned sort of the, the laid-back atmosphere. I've seen people late in the day come out, you know, uh, with their dogs in their golf carts. Uh, I love, you know, you're not too far from where I live, and it's so much fun to go out, and you can zip around and get nine in and, uh, you know, a quick uh, hour and 15 minutes. Yeah, we do walking rounds. We do nine-hole rounds. Um, we're pretty flexible with all that. Uh, a lot of the courses in the area are starting to do away with the nine-holers or the walking rounds just because it 
can hurt pace of play and it's not as efficient on the tee sheet, but we've found, you know, a lot of people come here because they're only looking for those nine holes. And especially as the game evolves and a younger generation is coming in that doesn't want to play four and a half hours when they go out, you know, providing that quick hour and a half, two hour experience for them where they can still be outside hanging out with their friends, having a couple drinks and smacking the golf ball around, you know, that that's something that's going to become a bigger part of the industry. Yeah, and something I've noticed that you've done, which is really great in terms of, you know, really saying new golfers welcome. You've got learner tees, you know, out in the middle of the fairway. Yes. I ran into a guy the other night. Uh, he was zipping around to get nine holes in before uh, I think he had to go pick up his uh, – his son, uh, and he, he had just, he's just started playing the game, and he said, I'm just totally addicted. I can't get enough. And it's so much, so much fun to see new players coming into the game, Luke. Oh, absolutely. And with those gold tees, we're really trying to lean into that as well. Um, we're working on right now building up some actual tee boxes because right now in most spots, it's just um, some gold tees set on a level part of the fairway. Um, but we're looking at a couple specific spots, number 5 and 12 in particular, uh, to give them actually an elevated tee box for those gold tees to make it more of a you know, legitimate golf experience. Well, this course needed to land in some hands of somebody that would really uh, embrace the history, embrace just the, the whole environment. Um, and, you know, you just – these are gems, Luke. You don't find courses like this anymore. Um, you know, we're, we're so lucky to have this golf course, and it's so important to – to preserve it. Um, I know you're doing a lot of events. You had a uh, Folds of Honor event this summer. Uh, yes. And, hey, if people think uh, Floridians don't play golf in the summer, you raised $10,000 and had a sold-out event. Congratulations. Yeah, thank you. Um, it was really exciting. I was happy to be able to work with Folds of Honor on putting that together. Uh, initial projections for that tournament, or well, the initial goal was to have about 60 players um, and hopefully be able to donate $2,500. So uh, ended up with over 200 players and donating $10,000 to Folds of Honor has us really excited for what we can do next year uh, with a year of experience under our belt and with word of mouth carrying it a little further. Um, and with this course's history and how much the military, veteran, law enforcement, and first responders uh, have such a presence at our course. It, it's a no-brainer to be associated with calls like that. And we've seen with our um, customer base that they'll always turn out for stuff like that. Uh, so it's a really positive thing that we know we can rely on our customer base to really um, help out our community and step up to the plate when it comes to having these causes out here. Well, speaking of helping out the community, you've got another big event that's coming up, and um, that's uh, related to the Mount Dora High School. Uh, share with my listeners about, about that. Yeah, so essentially Mount Dora High School has um, this old historic stadium, and uh, it's Football one of the iconic stadium, ones. right? Football yes. stadium? Mm -hmm. Yes. Um, and it's one of the iconic stadiums in Central Florida, but... It's been dealing with some drainage issues, essentially, and if it rains, they can't play that week. So the quick fix, the cheaper fix, is a few hundred thousand dollars, uh, but they'd have to do it again in 10 years. So with this being their 100th year, um, they're really trying to lean into that and get some momentum to raise enough money to be able to do a turf field, 
and redo the concession stands, the bathrooms, the bleachers, and do a full overhaul that's going to stand the test of time. Um, and we're sort of serving as the kickoff event for this fundraiser. And for me, you know, I went to the early meetings when they first talked about what they were going to do, the quick fix versus this long-term one. I was at those meetings because uh, I wanted to kind of throw our hat in and helping raise funds. So, again, no-brainer for us to be out there. We host a lot of tournaments for high schools and stuff, so I really wanted to get involved with this. Um, with a school that used to have their golf team based out of our course, um, so we'll be holding that event in November. Um, right now we're up to, I think, 40 or 50 players. I'll have to check on Monday, but it's looking like it's going to be a good turnout and a good start for fundraising. All right. Well, you know, my, my listeners love my listeners love to play golf, and uh, we, we always like to keep people updated on the events that are coming up. And in December, you've got another one, uh, and, and this is really special because, as you mentioned, the golf course initially opened on December 15th, 1946. So this will be the 75th year anniversary, and you have an annual Founders Day event, Luke, which really sounds fun. Share about that, please. Yeah, so this is a unique event, um, and especially with it being the 70, 75th year, we're trying to make it extra special, but in years past, the superintendent, uh, Jacob Albright, has gone out and set up the tees to reflect the original nine-hole layout. Now, there's new trees out there. There's new tee boxes. So you could be teeing up in the middle of what's currently a fairway, playing to a green on a different hole, going over a tree line on your tee shot. Um, so it's the original original nine tees and greens set up on our current layout. So it's a really fun nine-hole event. Uh, we typically play it as a scramble. Um, and just kind of a good way to uh, show respect to the past and the history of the course. Absolutely love it. And what, what's the date of that event? That'll be December 15th. It will. So it's, it's on yeah, the Yeah, we do it on the day. Oh, that, that sounds, uh, sounds like a lot of fun. Um, you have also, I mean, you've been doing so many improvements to the course, but two significant things uh, that I wanted to point out to my listeners is, uh, despite the fact that as you drive by, the footprint of Mount Dora Golf Club looks very small from the road. Very deceiving what is back, uh, you know, on the property there, including a really awesome chipping area that's tucked away down between holes number 12 and 13. I mean, you actually can go out into like a little fairway and chip into an actual green so you can get the real course feeling for your, you know, your, your chipping and your pitch shots. And then you recently put in a beautiful new practice green that people can see when they drive by. Yeah. Um, so the course used to, or the front of the property used to be littered with trees. Um, and we were able to take those out, and then we put in something that will, like you said, make the course a little bit more visible. Um, and also it serves as a practice area for the little linksters. program we have out there quite often um, that we're partnered with. And then as far as the practice area down on the course, it's about 150 yards of a chipping, pitching area. We have a bunker out there and three holes on the green as well. That area is going to give you more of a feel to what's actually on the course, whereas our practice in chipping green up front is a totally different type of grass than what's on the course. We cut it a lot shorter as well. So that's more of just a general practice area rather than getting ready for your round on the course. 
Well, it's it's not large enough to have a driving range, but as we know, not yet. Yeah, uh, is is something coming down the pike potentially? Well, there's always hope. Well, also we know that most golfers should spend more time on their short game and their putting. Correct? Exactly. <laughs> we That's where the money's made. We don't spend enough enough time there. So uh, you mentioned little linksters. Uh, and again, I can't say enough. If you if you've got a child uh, or a grandchild that's you know you're looking to get into the game of golf, this is a great golf course to get them started. And you've recently added this program. Uh, it's a national program. It's absolutely uh, extremely successful. I was watching some of the kids the other night chipping on the putting green, and it was just it's just again so great to see so many new. Uh, golfers coming into the game, and I think that has been one of the bright spots out of this, uh, you know, terrible pandemic. Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, again, just refocusing on the community um, without being pretty much a public course. We're technically semi-private, but we mostly serve the community, and we've always been the course in the area that's given, you know, the best rates. Uh, we're the most accessible course in the area, I'd say. And so just providing these different ways for people to get involved in the game of golf, whether it's for them, for their kids, uh, you know, it's a great game. You can play your entire life, so it's never too early or too late to get started. Yeah, we, we know we have a lot of people moving into the area, a lot of uh, yeah. snowbirds, a lot of retirees. Uh, you know, golf is a game. You can play for your rest, the rest of your life. I just saw a story a couple of weeks ago, Luke, where uh, – a 63-year-old woman uh, made the golf team. She went back to college. Oh, and my goodness. I'm telling you what, there's always time to fulfill your dream. Absolutely. So uh, before uh, we go, I want to thank you. Uh, Mount Dora Golf Club is one of our courses on the Central Florida Golf Card this year. And uh, if you haven't had a chance to check out this golf course, grab a foursome and come out for a day. Uh, you'll want to come back and play it a bunch of times, and there's still still time to purchase your, your card. It's good through the end of December. And, uh, Luke, we, we appreciate your support and your time so much. And where can people go find out more about Mount Dora Golf Club? Uh, so they can visit our website at uh, www.mountdoragolfclub.com. You can also book your tee times on there. If you want to call to book a tee time, you can call us at 352 352- or you can check us out on Facebook or Instagram. Awesome. Mount Dora Golf Club, the old course, as we townies like to call it. Yes, absolutely. Right there in the heart of Mount Dora. Luke Covey, the general manager, thank you so much for your time today on the Golf Insiders.